You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Cheeseheads. Cheeseheads. Get on your feet. It's Curd and Law. Hosted by Sparky Fighter and Ryan Horvath. Welcome into another edition of Curd and Long. Our guy, Ryan Horvat. You see his Twitter handle there at Ryan Horvat. He is out sick. Uh, he is not going to be here today. The flu is going around. I have it in my house with a six-year-old. He has it in his house with his child as well. And then, of course, you they pass it along to the parents. So far, so good in our house. Nobody else has gotten sick except the six-year-old. So Ryan will be back hopefully uh, on Friday, if he is feeling better, filling in for Ryan Horvat, none other than Crunchy Kevin Holden, sports director at CBS 58. Kevin, thanks so much for coming on, man. Appreciate it. Uh, Sparky, thank you. No, the, my version of it, I don't have kids, but my version of it is I came back from, from D.C. Uh, with COVID, so there's a new rule. Uh, I, can no, I can no longer cover any games in the state of Maryland. I've been there twice for Packers games the last two years. COVID after the return both times. Really? Yep. See, I thought I just thought it was I thought just airplanes in general were guaranteed to get you sick at some point. Not just necessarily COVID, just a cold, the flu. I, I just feel like any time that there is travel involved over the course of my life, somebody I always ends up sick after traveling on an airplane somewhere uh, at some point. All right. So Packers Titans. Uh gotta talk about this game coming up on Thursday night. And Ryan Horvath and I talked about this. Uh, when we did our podcast on Monday about this Packers offensive game plan with Christian Watson and Rodgers and LaFleur. I haven't hit the fact that a couple of weeks ago that the whole game plan was kind of built around Christian Watson. He gets hurt on like the second play uh, and they weren't able to run the offense the way they wanted. And Watson hasn't been able to play. So now Watson finally gets a chance to play a complete full game uh, in his rookie year uh, and shows out Kevin Holden. And is that guy to pop the top off the defense? Uh, and then also allows you to run the football, really make play action more effective than it was before. And that's the offense that I want to see this week and every week after that. The question is, will we actually get to see it again? Because that means where you're going to have to sell me that they're going to be okay with Aaron Rodgers throwing the ball 20 times and 12 will be okay throwing the ball just 20 times week in and week out. That's a hard sell for me. Well, I mean, Rodgers just looked so happy. At the, at the end of a tie game going to overtime. He looked thrilled, didn't he? He was mad at LaFleur about play yeah. calling at the end of that one. He was hot. And he talked about it on McAfee uh, on Tuesday and well and said LaFleur wasn't happy either and said that LaFleur was waiting for him when he got done with his presser, essentially calling LaFleur out, waiting for him to come out. And then they walked back to the locker room together or whatever the case may be. And they were all good. You know, uh, LaFleur, you know, dropped the line at him and had him chuckling or whatever. And, you know, they love each other and everything is fine. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, tensions were high about play calling at the end of that game. And that's going to come with it when you decide it's going to be a partnership, quote unquote, is what they said, you know, a couple of years ago. 
uh, and that you're going to share responsibility of kind of what this offensive game plan is going to look like. You're going to have that with a guy that's been in the league a hundred years and is a superstar quarterback. It's going to happen. So the first, the, the first thing that I can say that I really, really, really enjoyed about that offensive game plan, other than the fact that, you know, it actually led to a win was the fact that the Packers could connect two things for the first time all year. And the two things were the running of Aaron Jones and the pass receiving of Christian Watson. And the, one of the things that that's different about this year's team, one reason for the struggles of this year's team is Aaron Rodgers in the past would be able to lead a rookie receiver along, get him up to speed over the course of a year and a half or two years or whatever in situations that wouldn't matter in a game. But this year's Packers uh, are the result of depletion at receivers, not just Devontae Adams. I mean, this is over the course of a couple of years, depletion of several positions. So instead of Christian Watson learning in certain situations in blowouts or in practice or whatever, Watson and Romeo Dobbs and these other guys who don't have a ton of experience have had to learn literally on the fly, literally in game situations that matter. So it's magnified. The first play of the year to Watson is a play that we still remember uh, because that's that long pass that he didn't catch. It's magnified. The advantage of, of they weren't forcing it, but the advantage of keeping that going over the course of 10 weeks is Watson's had a chance to mature a little bit. Injuries have obviously kicked him back a little bit, but when he's been out there, he's getting a chance to see things. And instead of waiting until year three, I think the Packers are going to start seeing results in week 10 or 11 as long as he's healthy. So this game plan should continue. This week gets a little weird just because you gave the ball to Aaron Jones a ton. It's something you haven't done a lot this year, and there's short rest before the next game. So there's a little question mark for me next to Aaron Jones just because can he do that workload twice in a four-day stretch? That part might be tough, but what Watson did – is is uh, is terrific news and if he can come close to that in a handful of games the Packers are just flat going to be a lot better on offense you know what I'm just sitting here listening to you talk and things are running through my brain like for instance if I would have told you Kevin Holden follow him on on Twitter at 321 Q Kevin if I would have told you Kevin Holden the beginning of the year that this offense was going to be straight up trash without Christian Watson and that Christian Watson was going to hold the keys to success for the Packers this year. I, I would assume you would have laughed at me and said, they're screwed. I, one of those two, I don't think anyone would have said, oh yeah, sounds good. Yeah, we're in. He's going to be the guy. Like there's no way, but clearly after that game, you can see this team would have had probably, I don't know, two, three, four more wins had he been able to be healthy and do what he did because skill-wise, that one play, he started on the right side, cut across the field to the left, ran by two guys that couldn't keep with them and caught an easy pass. You don't have guys like that on this roster. He's that guy. And that speed and that element is special for him in this league. And he really kind of is the guy that, that, that stirs the drink for this offense right now. Rod, or Aaron Jones is the best player on offense. But without Christian Watson, this offense uh, isn't that good. They're stuck in the mud without him, and that's yep. crazy to think about a rookie. But the the one thing that that came out of this game, and by the way, yes, I would have laughed at you if you'd said that Christian Everybody Watson would have. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. It's a crazy thought, but but it is the case. And the thing that I I think was for me with the, the thought process of watching Watson during that game against the, the Cowboys was this is why they spent the pick that they spent right because the, you know. 
the Packers right now, especially, and I, and I know you want to talk a little bit of Amari Rodgers. I'm sure you'll want to get into that. But Amari Rodgers is the, the continuation of a trend where the Packers have spent relatively high draft picks and gotten absolutely nothing out of it. And so you, the thing that you do not want a draft and develop team to do is to go and overreach for a position, overreach for a thing as opposed to talent. Because we've heard that year after year. That's literally like what Ted Thompson passed along to Brian Gudekinst, right? We're drafting best available. Right. Talent. We're loading The up. coaches will figure out how to make it work on their side. Yeah, it's a square for a round hole, but no big deal. Doc right. Capers, he'll figure it out. Don't worry. They'll, they'll figure it out. And then if they don't, well, shame on them. And I'm not taking the blame on it. Ridiculous. Right. Go ahead. So that What that means is, in this case, you can, you can begin to see the reason. Watson wasn't just a reach. Watson is a guy that came from a smaller school. I think that probably does play a little bit into his early development. But after 10 games, you now the curve points upward for him for the first time. And, and that's it's great news because, like you said, like this is the first time in Aaron Rodgers' career that he hasn't had uh, a couple of guys who could just handle things from an offensive standpoint. I think Alan Lazard hasn't stepped up to the spot where, where a lot of fans thought he could this year and all those other options, the MVSs of the world, of course, Devontae Adams, they're all gone. So Watson is uh, developing at the perfect time because he's absolutely necessary. This is the thing. And you talked about, you know, wasting high draft picks and them not working out. Jay Sternberger, he was a third round pick. They mm -hmm. cut him before his whole rookie deal was done. They moved on for him. Amari Rogers cut him way early in his rookie deal. Uh, and they moved on from him. And we'll get more into special teams and Amari Rodgers. But Zach Jacobson of CBS Sports put this list out. And Ryan Wood did too. Ryan Wood did the five picks in Goody's uh, tenure there in the third round, right? I don't know if you saw this. Sean Ryan, the most recent one. We don't know yet. Offensive lineman. Amari Rodgers, Josiah DeGuara, Jay Sternberger, Oren Burks. Okay. Maybe DeGuara and the other three are gone. Uh, Packers, a last 11 third round picks from Zach Jacobson of CBS Sports. So those five, then Montrevious Adams, Kyle Fackrell, Ty Montgomery, Kyrie Thornton, Richard Rogers, Alex Green. Those are third-round picks. The last 11 third-round picks. As I told Dusty Evely in the interview that I do for 1250 AM, the fan go download it, listen to today. We do it every week with Dusty Evely. He's really, really, really good film analyst uh, or on your Odyssey app. I told him, just trade third-round picks moving forward. I, I don't. We don't ever have to use that pick Ever again, you can get something decent for a third round pick. You can get a pretty good veteran player probably every year. If you trade your third round pick every year, I'm going to get a good veteran player to add to my roster. And I'm going to make that pledge going forward because we suck at drafting in the third round uh, at this point. And eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential and then through some elbow grease, fresh installs and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You know, Brian Gutenkunst. Early on, it was like, okay, this dude can draft. Okay, we're good. But now as we're getting a little bit farther along and getting a little bit farther away from now seeing really what these guys are after the fact, you know, I don't know. Is, is he still a really good drafting GM or are, are we maybe overrating him? I, I don't know. I'm a little bit confused at this point because if you go back and look at that Jordan Love draft class, we still don't know what Jordan Love is. Still have no clue on that. A.J. Dillon is a second second guy to Aaron Jones. I don't think A.J. Dillon is a guy that can lead the charge of an offense at this point. So he's going to be that B to that A. So that's who he is. DeGuara, we still don't know where that is. So that, that whole draft cast, even a couple of years later, is still a question mark. And that one was one of the more criticized one, uh, ones, Kevin, of the Packer fan base. You know, one of the questions I want to ask Brian Gutekinds, like several years down the road when the statute of limitations expires on these guys' careers, I want to ask him this question. If there's no pandemic, do you draft Jordan Love where you did? Because I, I still think that baked into their thought process in 2020, it was April of 2020, the world was shut down. We were all sitting at home like I am now on this, you know, this yep. at-home set that we built with this. It's over here, this 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 bird cage with this Aaron Rodgers thing that was like a gift at some <laughs> random banquet became the centerpiece. I mean, seriously, like, hang on. I, I, you don't mind if I digress for a second, do you? No, go ahead. Look at this. Ooh, this that's a mini Pac-Man game. Here. This is what I did in 2020. Sit in this chair and play – tabletop Pac-Man and, awesome. and build a set. The The world was so different. And I feel in, in April of 2020, I felt like there may not have been an NFL season. And I wonder if Brian Gutekinds thought this is the moment, not just because of, okay, it, it's a little early for where Rodgers is because he was at that, at that time in a good position in his career. But if there's no football this fall or if it's done in a bubble or if it's whatever – this is the perfect year to slide that quarterback in and, and give him that year to learn as opposed to trying to do it later in, a, in under normal circumstances. That, that's just something that, that comes to mind. The other thing that comes to mind is, is from a uh, – like I, I wonder – I'm sure you've got draft experts that can handle this, but I wonder what part of the thought process of a draft and develop team changes when you get to the third round because you – you can value the first 30 guys in a draft. There's 5,000 people that do it all the time. And, and they all come to some sort of eh, relative consensus on who the best 30 guys are. Some might slip into the second round. But I really wonder if, if part of the process with this third round pick is maybe what the way the Packers do things or the way other people do things, it's harder to value the 70th best guy that like to, to get number 30 value out of the number 70 pick. And, and I just, that to me is, is maybe part of it is maybe the Packers are really good at valuing the first 30 or 40. And then maybe they start thinking about the wrong things about, about position and that sort of thing. Cause that list, that list is terrifying. That's just the third round. We haven't, I haven't, I mean, I haven't seen anybody else put out fourth or fifth round picks in the last eight or nine years. That would also be fun. I'm sure to go over, but this is the thing. So, in, in in football, and this is very true, 
people get their things uh, of I won't take this position from this school I've been burned before, or I'm not I'm not drafting this from that coach because every time I've drafted a player from under that coach, he's been a problem in my locker room. That dude doesn't teach discipline, and you'll avoid a coach, you'll avoid a position at a school. So there's some of that. Then there's the philosophy of every draft I'm going to draft a quarterback somewhere. Or every draft, I'm going to get a lineman or two to add to what I've got already, right? Everybody's got their thing. Look at the God, the God forsaken Brewers. I love me some David Stearns, but I swear to God, and I, I brought this up to Kurt Hoke from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel last week when I interviewed him for the 1250 AM, the fan website, if you go uh, listen to that. I said, if David Stearns would have been the GM, they never would have drafted Prince Fielder. There is zero chance. There's no chance. He's only playing first. He was heavier set dude that couldn't run. Got a lot of power, but he was a one-trick pony for the most part. There's no way they would have drafted him. They would have went a position player, some up-the-middle guy uh, that would have been questionable and rolled with the athlete over Prince Fielder, and you never would have had Fielder and Braun. He would have drafted Braun, but I don't think he ever would have drafted Fielder. But but that that's Stern's mentality of how he went about the draft. So in his case, he is passing better players probably at positions that he just will not draft, and he's only focused on on one aspect of what he wants to build his roster. So better players fall by the wayside. With the Packers, like you said, you know, once you get later into the draft, right? What is the thinking at that point? Is it simply the top player on our draft board we're taking and we're not debating it? You debate the first round, maybe you debate the second round, maybe the third round on day two. But once you get to day three. You know, maybe it's all right. We got to have at least one or two offensive linemen. We need a defensive lineman, whatever. And then when you get there, who's the highest rated of the positions that we need? You know, going forward, I think it would be a fascinating conversation. I think it's perfect for you, one on one. You and Brian Gutekunst, our special, just talk draft for an hour, and I'm there and I'm in, and that would be fascinating. We would so because I mean the the world loves to mock, but the world doesn't mock the third round, right? Oh yes, they do. Well, there's a lot cool. of seven round mock drafts out there. Lots. I mean, can you imagine? Like, I look, I, you know, I see my share of football. You see your share yeah. of football, but I can't tell you the 150th best hey, guy. Man. Like, hey, man, my guy Chad Ryder over at NFL.com, known Chad for, I don't know, 20 years now or whatever. Yeah, he does his seven round mock drafts up on NFL.com every year. That dude, that's all he does. I mean, that's his job is to watch game film year round. That's, that's all the dude does uh, is college football. Let's get him this to to let, let's look at his third round picks. Let's see how right. he values based on because I you know there's a thousand ways to to value and and in the Packers case, forever we have heard the, the draft and develop mantra, which means you better be really good at both because you can't have draft or develop and make a team. You gotta yeah. have both. And and they uh you know, for a while their drafts were were unbelievable, but that has been a long time since since those days, since the you know, the Jordy Nelson and, and you know, that whole thing. That's that's a while back. And and I I wonder if you're talking about, you know, third, fourth, I think would be an interesting thing to look at. And then yeah, you're filling out the 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 roster from there. But like every time you hear Jay Sternberger, I think of who who's taken right after him. Was it was it Pickens? No, that wasn't Pickens. Who's the, no. who's the receiver that was taking like the pick after Jay Sternberger? Some great – Chase Claypool? Is that who it was? That could be. See, anyway, whoever it was, it was literally the selection after Sternberger. And when uh, when they when the uh, Packers lost in D.C., uh, there, there were people tweeting that out. They were tweeting out, oh, yeah, look, there's Jay Sternberger followed by, you know, this guy who could have been helpful today. It's – you know, I – 
I don't, I don't question the develop side of things. I mean, I, I know defensively the Packers have had their trouble with different defensive coordinators, but the draft part is an interesting part to me. I think, I think it's the center of where the Packers are right now. Why don't they have more good receivers? It's not because they can't, uh, you know, bring good receivers in. It's because they lost a good one and their depth eroded away. Yeah. And that's exactly right. And, and that's when you draft and develop, your depth has to be hitting on draft picks and being right more than you're wrong. Otherwise, you're screwed with injuries. Sternberger was 11 uh, in the third round that year. The pick after uh, was uh, Terry McLaurin. McLaurin. That's why they were talking Scary about Terry. Yeah. Yep. 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 Boy, Jair's got nightmares about him right now, doesn't he? Yeah. That, I mean, that that one hurts to, to know that he was there literally the next pick um, and you did not. Uh, take advantage of that opportunity. I'm just going down the rest of that third round um, as far as any other impact wide receivers. And there's, I don't think there's any other impact wide receivers. No, not in the third round. It's a couple defensive players, but, but that's just it, right? I mean, it's easy to go back and say, well, if they would have taken him instead of him, how much different would things be? Yeah, no question. It would be much different. Uh, okay, so next topic. I want to get to Amari Rogers since uh, he is out of here. Before we get to Amari Rogers and how the question is, do you think the Packers special teams will improve uh, without Amari Rogers? And if so, how much will they improve uh, without Amari Rogers? Before I do that, I want to make sure to tell everybody the 16th annual Fan Toy Drive is back again. Blaine's Farm and Fleet, five days, Monday through Friday, starting on November 28th, the Monday after uh, Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, I will be out there 6A to 6P all week long, all five days. I get a couple hour break from two to four each day, but for the most part, I'll be out there each and every day. Come on out, drop off a, a new toy. You can go online and donate now if you'd like to as well. 1250 AM, the fan, make an online uh, cash donation. Obviously, you know, we haven't been out on remote. We haven't been out on location. Haven't really been out amongst the people to be able to chit chat with listeners about sports and whatever else. So it'll be a perfect opportunity to catch up with y'all uh, out at Blaine's Farm and Fleet uh, in Oak Creek on Ross and just a couple minutes east of I-94. Get off of the Ross and exit right there. Same place we've been the entire time pre-COVID uh, and looking forward to it. So hopefully you guys can come out, hang out, be out there. And uh, there's some talk that maybe Rami Makhlouf may stop by Friday. There's some talk that Bart Winkler may do his podcast out there uh, that he does uh, as well. I might be out, come out and be a part of the festivities. So uh, looking forward to all of that. Crunchy Kevin Holden uh, has been a part of the toy drive for years and years and years and years and years. And Kevin Holden's memory for me of the toy drive, when I think of Kevin Holden and the toy drive, is Kevin Holden, uh, CBS 58, follow him at uh, Q321, Kevin, uh, is he introduced me to chocolate licorice. and I had never had it before. And he brought it to me and he said, oh, Spark, you've never had chocolate licorice? He's like, no, I'm going inside and buying you some. So he went inside, bought me some, brought it back out, and it was so good. And that was years ago, Kevin Holden, but I still remember. That's probably what about, I'm going to guess about 45 pounds ago for me. Yeah, and about the same for me at this point. I just saw a video of me. I'm doing um, golf lessons uh, at the Wisconsin Indoor Golf Center, uh, and we shot. Uh, we're going to shoot videos as I go and post on social media. Uh, and I saw the finished video of lesson number one today, and it's a full profile picture. And you can see my gut like kind of protruding out, you know, with my shirt a little bit. I was horrified. I told my video guy, Robert Jason, I said, dude, I got to lose some weight. If, if I got to be on video like every month, because in these, you know, when we do these videos, if we're live streaming or whatever, you only see from my shoulders up for the most part, not full profile. Like yeah. even on TV for you, I guess you guys do some full pro, pro, pro profile shots, it's, it's but normally more. you're at the desk or whatever. So you're not seeing all of it. 
belly button up. I, I think I think people for me they they saw it here, you know, like that was that's the what face. the difference is they uh you know the pictures, the side by sides from from twenty fourteen to the last couple of years that you know it's 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 pretty shocking. It, it no you know, doubt. Most most humans do that in reverse. They they usually the before is the after. But uh, but yeah, it's like I don't get me wrong. I'll, I'll eat some chocolate licorice any day. I would eat it right now if it was in right. Front of me. But uh, but yeah, I, a little less of that and a little more of the uh, weight workouts over time is uh, is helpful. How with that? I'm gonna go get a peppermint frosty at Wendy's tonight. I don't care about your weight loss stuff. I'm, yeah, I'm gonna eat how I want to eat. Life's too short. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, okay, so the question is, do you think the Packers special teams will improve with Am- Amari Rodgers? And if so, how much? Amari Rodgers uh, definitely wore out his welcome as far as a, a special teams punt returner, right? After that fumble, I tweeted out, enough is enough. That's enough. Like, no more. Let's move on and go forward. And they did. And he was out. They put Nixon in there who thought he was playing uh, outfield for baseball the way he caught the punt that was given to him. But either way, he caught it. Uh, and upfield he went. I don't know who is going to be back there. You know, they just picked up D.D. Westbrook and put him on the practice squad. He's had success as a returner. Uh, so maybe that's who they 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 put in there on game day, and he gets that opportunity this week against the Titans or next week, whatever. That's fine if that's what they decide to do. But I'm still surprised that they moved on from Amari Rodgers and Kylan Hill. Now, Kylan Hill appears there was an attitude issue or something going on, if you read into LaFleur's comments from his presser on Tuesday. Uh, but with Amari Rodgers, it was performance-based, and they pretty much said so. But this is the thing. When they drafted Amari Rodgers, it was, he's the next Randall Cobb. That's who this dude is. And Amari Rodgers and Randall Cobb hit it right off, and Randall Cobb's like, yeah, man, I got you. Let's go. And then you saw Amari Rodgers last year, and he was, like, physically too big. Like, he was too thick. He lost the explosion. He lost the quickness. Then you come back to training camp this year, you see uh, he changed his body, looked more explosive, looked more quick. And then you, you'll you never forget the moment of Aaron Rodgers being asked about Amari Rodgers. And he's like, uh, yeah, he returns punts for us. And pretty much just blew out the fact of him even being in the offense. Then Randall Cobb gets hurt, so now he gets his moment to go out there and do it. And he showed you a couple nice little things here and there when he had his opportunity in the offense. So just to cut bait with him, knowing Randall Cobb isn't exactly 23 anymore, and say, we're done, that... To me, that was shocking. The focus is on special teams, but I'm just surprised he didn't contribute more on offense. Yeah, in other words, the, the split is, <clears throat> okay, this one part of the job wasn't going to work out as a, as a kick returner, pretty obviously. that that That's something that the Packers probably should have quit weeks ago. Yes. But the, the part of Armari Rodgers as a receiver for an offense in absolute desperation in need of a receiver, it is a surprise to me because that's, you know, again, they they – we have watched this year this struggle to put together something, anything where where it's you know the rookie Watson and the rookie Dobbs, Randall Cobb, who's you know just you know he's in the tail stage, and Alan Lazard, who would be a wonderful three receiver on most Packers offenses, but ain't a one, right? Ever. And, and and like this this collection of misfits is. Uh, 
but you know, you want the, the more bodies that you can put with that collection, the better. So yeah, I, I'm hundred percent on, on board with that. By the way, I am curious to see what the Texans do with Amari Rogers as they've, they, they've claimed him on waivers. Um, and if you're Amari Rogers, they, most of the time you would leave green Bay and go to Houston and, and just think that it's an absolute nightmare and it might still be a nightmare, but it's been a rough year here, and I wonder if going to a, a franchise like that might actually give him that start. You know, maybe maybe the Texans will do with him what the Packers didn't do with him, not in special teams, but literally as a receiver to let him try to uh, develop at this point. I, I, I don't know. It's like you hear Texans and you think nightmare. Maybe it's not. Are you surprised they didn't let him have more of a Ty Montgomery-type role on offense? Yes, uh, because we what we were led to believe – this offense that we just saw here against the Cowboys, we were led to believe that was supposed to look a lot more like the rest of the season. Right. There were going to be way more games that with, you know, this many run plays and this many passing plays, way fewer passing plays, less of Rodgers and less of the unproven receivers and more of this dominant type backfield. Ty Montgomery, like if, if I could pluck Ty Montgomery out of that moment you're talking about and stick him into this moment, man, would he be perfect in this kind of offense? Like there's a, yep. I'm trying to think of the cop. Is it like a Raheem Mostert kind of thing, or like a like he's it, it was never Debo Samuel, but you know there's there's that combination sure. that that was there, and yeah, that I think that would have been perfect because I think Matt Lafleur looks at the 2020 San Francisco 49ers, the ones that beat him in the NFC Championship game, and thinks okay, that's what I want to do, and Amari Rogers in that role would put that offense way closer to what those Niners yep. uh, teams did, and they did that without the same level of quarterback play. And I know Aaron Rodgers hasn't been what he's, you know, this year, what he's been in previous years. He's still an all-world quarterback, and he's still a guy that that will lead you through moments and situations and will you to some wins that Jimmy Garoppolo or whoever else out there could not do. What about this special teams unit now? So whoever may be returning punts or whatever, is this that much better of a special teams unit now, now that Amari Rodgers is off the roster? Better, better is without a question in my mind, but it's it's on the sliding scale. So like, here's your, you know, here's here's your left to right, right? So they were like all the way over on the terrible side. So if they're better, they go from here to like there, a right? quarter of the way to being good. They they I think their best thing right now is to be a baseball umpire, uh, which is when they're good, they're not seen. I don't think they'll be a difference maker, but I think they'll maybe they'll be good enough that they won't be a topic of conversation. They won't, right. they won't lose you games. And that's, that is an improvement. It's, it's not terrific. It's not uh, the kind of thing that they hoped for when they brought Rich Passaccia in, but it's better than they were against the Niners in the playoffs last year. And it's certainly better than they've been with, with Amari Rogers coughing a ball up once or twice again. I mean, you, you can point to specific plays from Amari Rogers that turn the tide in, in full games DC to me was number one in that when, because there was that ball he coughed up to put the uh, the commanders right in the red zone. Yep, that changed the game. The Packers were having a very good game before that happened. They they were on their way to a to a cruising win in my mind before that happened. Yeah, I totally agree with you on that. Yeah, no question. I, I, I'm with you. It, it'll be the you don't have to be scared every time a ball is punted to a Packer player that whether or not they're going to hold on to it or make a horrible decision. That's where you want to get to. Whoever replaces him, if we're back to square one again, okay, well, then we're going to have issues because you're paying Rich Bisaccia a ton of money to be the supposed best special teams coach in the world. Uh, I don't want to have this be an issue again. Okay, that's an isolated incident. We've moved on. Fine. 
But if we roll, go down the same road again with a completely different player, then I'm going to start pointing fingers to Basaccia asking, do you know who should be back there or don't you know who should be back there uh, at that point? All right, last topic, easy topic, Packers Titans predictions for Thursday night football. And uh, I guess I'll start. Tennessee beat up on the defensive side of the football. Um, we'll see who plays and who doesn't play, but it doesn't appear Bud Dupree is going to play. Uh, and that obviously helps. That's one less pass rusher that you have to be worried about at this point. Uh, I, I think if you're the Green Bay Packers, if you stick with what's worked it's last week, we, we continue to go down that road, play action, Watson D, Lazard here once in a while. You get Randall Cobb back, we think. We don't know for sure. We think uh, he's going to play. Uh, that should help the offense uh, as well. Uh, I, I think the Packers win this game. I don't know if it's going away, but I think they win this game. And uh, the Titans, you know, I they've struggled scoring points this year. They've won games. Obviously, they got a good record, but they've struggled scoring points. So I think, you know, if the Packers get 21, 24 points, three touchdowns, that should be enough to win this football game against Tennessee. So I'm taking the Pack. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a good idea uh, to take the Pack in this one. And it's weird because... There are reasons to think that this could be a nightmare kind of game for the Packers in the sense that you're not going to face someone like Derrick Henry, you know, the rest of the year. Like this is a guy that can help an offense control clock, control possession, control time. And and that's there. There was a time when that was the worst nightmare for the for an Aaron Rodgers led Packers team where it was a team that could ball control would take take the ball for X number of minutes and then Rodgers would march him down the field super fast and then go right back out and play defense, and, and that defense would wear down as the game goes on. My biggest concern is we watched the defense in a couple of different games this year, again going back to D.C. as a prime example, play much worse late than yep. they did early. They they that That's the one thing is I am a little worried that Derrick Henry is going to wear these guys down to the point where they play bad football late in the game because – I just I still have nightmares of Taylor Heineke actually completing passes against Jair Alexander without fear. That makes me hurt in here. I don't ever want to see that again. Philly fans are hurting too, so don't worry. That's a good Eagles point. Eagles fans also are hurting because of Taylor Heineke right now. Yes, maybe he's better than I thought. I don't know. maybe. Uh, but uh, but that that there's where the nightmare is. But what I what I think has happened is it, from a, a sort of a psychological standpoint after this very very rough stretch and this sort of you know, spinning thing that's going on. I feel like what we saw the Packers do against the Cowboys is, and we're, we're talking about between the years, they stopped moving vertically, meaning, you know, it's like they they were digging to try to find this and digging to try to find that and then coming back to the surface and digging again and coming back. And, and this is not the Packers that we've known, but they were these Packers for five weeks. That stopped. If this losing streak had happened coming into the Tennessee game, I would be very frightened about this. But the Packers finally got the blueprint. They found their ground level. They're not moving vertically anymore. The, the things that are that are there are around them. They understand that if they run the ball well, and I think it's more A.J. Dillon and less Aaron Jones because of the short week, but it doesn't matter. I have good confidence in Dillon as a running back. I think Aaron Rodgers will do what he needs to do. And I think that defense finally will start to show that uh, that they're not just a good defense on paper. They've, they've got enough to do it. I'm a, I would pick the Packers. In fact, I think I'd pick them by a touchdown. You know, that's the thing. You know, people talk about the Packers wide receiving core. Fine. Look at Tennessee's wide receiving core. I mean, Robert Woods uh, hasn't been all that healthy. And when he is healthy, hasn't been able to be that number one guy. Right. So that's one problem. The second problem is their draft pick, their wide receiver, uh, Traylon Burks, 
he hasn't been able to stay healthy. He hasn't been on the field, had the asthma concerns or whatever back in training camp as well. He hasn't really burst onto the scene like they thought. They thought they were going to get a game breaker, a game changer. I know there were a ton of Packer fans that wanted Traylon Burks for the Packers there in the first round when he was sitting there. And then later, early in the second round as well, when they moved up, I, I, I just think right now, when you look at how this plays for the Green Bay Packers, um, there should be no receiver getting 100 yards receiving in this game against Ryan Tanhill. None. And I, I don't care that Stokes is hurt. That should not happen. Westbrook had a big game uh, against Denver uh, this last week. Um, so that's probably their 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 main you know downfield threat at this point. But you, you should not be giving up big days to any wide receiver at this point. No, in fact, in fact, if if I was in the position of the defense, I would look at this moment on the timeline of the season as when you can establish yourself, I guess. You can assert your dominance because they, they what they have ahead is 11 days off and then that trip to Philadelphia. So if you if you get that success, if you can contain Derrick Henry, I think he's going to, you know, he'll he'll have a good game no matter what, but if you can keep him from having a game-busting kind of performance and then you hold that receiving core down, you keep Ryan Tannehill very much in check, they're capable of that a 1,000%. Then you got 11 days and a two-game win streak and confidence and all of a sudden, the Packers are, are, are back to what they were. Sparky, do you remember that there was an SNL skit? And I'm, I'm sort of calling back a few years. So I apologize for the dated reference. But there was an SNL skit where uh, television uh, anchors were reading off of a teleprompter. And, and they're super happy and whatever. And then the words disappear from the teleprompter. And these anchors literally lose their minds. They start to like talking about like cannibalism, like they're going to start eating each other's oh my like, God. limbs and stuff. Because, you know, they like it was, it was just the, the funny thing of without the script. You don't know what to do. Out, yeah, they're like subhuman beings. These five weeks felt like we lost the script. Yeah. And and all of a sudden, like, you know, it was such a nightmare. Everybody was looking around like, what do we do now? Yeah. And, and, and to get two, two wins – would be that moment in the SNL skit when the words showed back up on the teleprompter and the anchors are like, there's a tear coming down their faces as they're reading. <laughs> Those are the words I remember. Packers win. Oh, thank goodness. Like that's, it feels exactly like that to me. Two yeah. wins and a long break to go into Philly is like, oh, right. This is what our lives have been like for the last decade. It'll be good to have it back. Yeah, Ryan Horvath said it on Monday's Curtain Lawn that he forgot what a win feels like. He said, I can relate more now what to what you know the Texans do when they get a win, how excited they get when they get a win. Because when you don't have a win for so long, you're like, oh, yeah, that's what this feels like to win. And I promise you, at 28-14, there were a bunch of Packer fans jumping off the, the bandwagon going, they're screwed. This yep. game's over. They're never going to beat Tennessee. Then Philly, no chance on Philly. Uh, and all of a sudden, you come you know, storming back and win this thing. And now there's renewed optimism. Now there's talk of this could be a playoff team still. They can get on a run. We'll see what happens. But the, the key is, going back to the beginning of the podcast, will Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur stick with this offense uh, and limit Rodgers' throws? Or will we go back to being shotgun spread, 40 attempts, uh, and forgetting that you have Aaron Jones on the football team? And we won't know until we get to that point uh, of you know seeing it on TV, whether it be this week, whether it be Philly. I would be shocked if the next two weeks look like what happened against Dallas. If this week and next week is Rodgers with 20 to 25 attempts only, and they run the ball like they've been running the ball, I, I will be genuinely surprised and happy, very proud that, that they are actually able to do it. But I, I would, I think I would be shocked because Rodgers is going to need to get his numbers. He's yeah. Because 
when it hasn't happened for him and you and you've seen that look from him. Oh yeah. That look. If I if I call up a picture on the phone, will it will it show up? Well, no, we wanted to do that. Uh, but there's I, on my phone there's a there's a picture of Rogers from Detroit. This moment from Detroit and that look on his face, the the, the sides of his mouth just drooped down. Rogers looking like he would literally go to a dentist's office instead of being the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers in that moment. A face that we've never seen because Rogers has lost games and lost big games. He's been disappointed, but that Rogers was was a different human being. That was that that was life crisis Rogers. Uh, it would be nice if life crisis Rogers stays in Detroit and you don't yes. see him again. But right. but and so to get to that point, I think I think you're right. I think there's going to have to be a balance of will he get his numbers because I think he will try. Three, two, one. Q Kevin, follow him on Twitter. Watch him on CBS 58. He is a sports director over at CBS 58. Crunchy himself. Uh, thanks so much for coming on, filling in for Ryan Horvath, Mr. Holden. Sparky, this is fun. Now those were tough shoes to fill, so uh, I I hope it went all right. But I I loved it. It was great. I- Oh, had a, had a blast doing it. No question about it. Thank you so much. There he is, Kevin Holden, CBS 58. Have a good one, y'all. We'll talk to you uh, next on Friday when hopefully Ryan Horvat returns from his flu.